0: This is the 401 Podcast. Join Rhode Island sports journalist and basketball scribe Kevin McNamara with guests from the Ocean State sports scene and beyond. Now, here's your host, Kevin McNamara.
1: Hello and welcome to the 401 Podcast on Kevin Mac Sports. I'm your host, Kevin McNamara. Thank you for joining me, and March Madness is finally here conference tournaments are the first stage of the madness, of course, and this week brings tournaments that cap off this bizarre pandemic season. I'm headed to New York to check out what the Big East tournament with just a handful of fans looks like. I'll have to bring my binoculars, I think, but hey, it beats my basement. To get ready for the Big East tournament, I'm happy to welcome two of the best reporters on the league, Dave Borges of Hearst Connecticut Media and Adam Zagoria of, well, Forbes, The New York Times, and his own platform, Zags Blog. Before the guys join me, I'd like to take a moment to tell everyone about our good friends and the great products at Manscaped. Manscaped is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. It's a crazy time of year. It's a March Sunday morning, and I have two of my Big East media compatriots with me. Adam Zagoria from down in, well, I think he's in New York City as we speak. might be headed to Jersey a little later today. And Dave Borges from Connecticut. Dave, where is your house? What, what town in Connecticut? Southington, Connecticut. Southington, Southington. I got Home it. Home of
2: Carl Pavano and uh, Rob Dibble and several other decent uh, athletes over the years. There's
1: been a few uh, hoopsters from there too, but I, I can't come up with it right now. But those, uh, it's t- tough to top those two dudes, that's for sure. First of all, thanks for joining me very much. Uh, that's number one. Number two, it's a different Big East. I guess I'll toss it out. Dave, are you going back to the Big East tournament? I will be there. Um, I was, uh, yeah,
2: excited to get the, uh, get the approval earlier, uh, a few days ago. And, um, you know, it's, it's interesting. It's, you wonder what you get out of being there. Um, I personally prefer to be at games. I see more, even though we're going to be way up there in the, uh, the hockey press box, which is about as high as you can get in that building. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, um, I will be there and um, pretty excited about it, even though there'll be, uh, you know, really, well, very limited fans. And, uh, gonna be a strange experience but um to actually see the games unfolding or at least the game
1: i'm covering unfolding in front of me is it uh, will be nice dave covered dave. Uh, the big east and providence college for a long time uh when he was at the Pawtucket times and woonsocket call but dave you never caught the big east as a yukon beat writer is, is that correct or am i wrong oh no no a few uh, for a few years yeah in fact obviously the uh, the famous kemba you know five
2: games and five nights uh oh sure okay which of course that that particular um tournament i had to go back and forth each night because the uh, they weren't into the hotel rooms at the time. Yeah. Um, so that was fun, but uh, no, yeah, no, for a few okay. years I have covered Yukon and quite frankly, other than that particular year, Yukon never did very well in the years that I was covering them. Uh, of course the six overtime game in Syracuse. Right. Um, but uh, yeah, no, it's will be great to
1: be back. Great. And then uh, Adam, I, unfortunately I'm not going to ask you if you're going this year because I have to flash back to last year. Uh, Dave was, obviously covering UConn in the American last year, but Adam and I were two of the uh, poor souls who were scrambling to get out of uh, the Big East and the Madison Square Garden when the pandemic hit last year. Uh, And then, Adam, you got sick relatively recently after that. Can you just tell everyone, uh, you know, your story from a year ago?
3: Yeah, I'll tell you two quick stories that uh, relate to the Big East tournament and my health. Um, First of all, Dave mentions the six-overtime game. What year was that? Oh, nine. Yeah. So basically they left out. And as you guys know, at the garden, they leave food out for the media. There was a big bin of hot dogs (laughs) that were half cooked, not cooked, undercooked. And that night I grabbed one of those hot dogs, maybe two, ate it quickly, you know, as we do as reporters. I was ready to go to the game. Within like 15 minutes, I was as sick as I've ever been in my life. Uh, I had to find a private area in the media area to uh, you know, basically throw, Go to, up, the Go throw to the bathroom. Go to the bathroom, throw up in a garbage can. Oh. Um, and I left the building before that game and went home. I was sick as a dog all night. Um, I somehow maybe got two or three hours of sleep. I woke up in the morning and all the highlights on Sports Center were, you know, six overtime games, Syracuse, Yukon. <laughs> So uh, I blame the Garden's uh, faulty kitchen work for that. And then, yeah, last year, um, you know, it's crazy if you think back to it, right? Because the NBA shut down on March 11th. that Our whole world changed that week. March 10th, I went to a big concert at the Garden and Almond Brothers tribute concert with 18,000 unmasked fans, which if you think about it now, 18,000 people in a building with no masks is just insane. And then the next day I was at the Big East, like with you guys on the 11th. Then we got home that Wednesday, the NBA canceled. On the 12th, I was very hesitant about going back to the Garden for the Seton Hall game that day. I told my editors, I'm like, look, guys, I'm not sure I feel safe going back there. Uh, My editor was pretty cool. He was like, if you want to write it off TV, that's fine. Um, You know, we don't want you to risk your health or write about the environment. You know, long story short, by noon or whatever, two o'clock that day, they, they canceled the rest of the tournament. They, they canceled that St. John's Creighton game at the half. And then about a week later, uh, my family and I were at the Jersey Shore and I started getting fever, headaches, and, you know, I had the virus um, and I tested positive and blah, blah, blah. So, you know, I was one of the first people to get it. Um, and then I was sort of over it by like April and and had antibodies and, and not really worried about getting it again.
1: Right. No, I, I, I was, I went back on that Thursday. Uh, oddly, I had two nephews in town the night before, and they wanted to see Providence play at the two thirty game. And I'm like, guys, it's not going to happen on Thursday. W- w- what, what do you mean, uncle Kev? What do you mean? I'm like, I'm telling you it's not going to happen. What, what do you mean? St. John's is playing Creighton. They're about to play. So then they throw the ball up. And all they do is kept calling me. When can you get me in? You know, what door can I meet you at? I'm like, guys, it's not going to happen. And then sure enough, the Big East played a half and the plug was pulled at the half and uh, life has changed forever. But anyways, enough about last year. Uh, This year they will be back. Uh, Looks like every team is going to get a a chunk of tickets basically for families, which I I really applaud. I I applaud the Big East for giving it a shot. I applaud the Garden and the New York State for at least – allowing some people in the building, by all accounts, they've handled the Rangers and the Knicks really well, We'll see how it shakes out. We're going to take a break from the 401 podcast to hear from our friends at Manscaped. Hey, 401 podcast fans. This is
0: producer Kevin Collins here to tell you about our good friends at Manscaped. Have you filled out your March Madness bracket yet? Our sponsors at Manscaped, who are the best in men's below-the-waist grooming, want to remind you to do so. Their precision-engineered tools for your family jewels will help you turn that Kentucky wildcat in your pants into a South Carolina Gamecock. Manscaped is trusted by over 2 million men worldwide. They have an exclusive offer for 401 podcast college basketball fans everywhere. 20% off plus free shipping with the code KMAC. That's K-M-C at manscaped.com. We all know how painful it can be to nick yourself in the worst possible places while trimming below the waist. Manscaped has created the best men's trimmer ever. The Lawn Mower 3.0. Their trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin-safe technology. In addition, this trimmer comes with an LED light for a more precise shave and is waterproof to make your shower shave clean and easy. Your purchase also goes toward a great cause as Manscaped has partnered with Alex Caruso and the Testicular Cancer Society to bring awareness to testicular cancer. Every purchase at Manscaped.com goes toward contributions made to the Testicular Cancer Society Get 20% off and free shipping with the code KMC at manscaped.com. Be the best ball handler this year with Manscaped.
1: I think all three of us are excited about UConn and the way UConn's playing. And Dave, I got to ask you about the Huskies. I, I, I want to say I predicted this, but I predicted it three weeks ago when Booknight came back and really played well against Providence. I think that was his first game. He seems to be getting better and better. The team seems to be gelling around him offensively. Uh, they've been just outstanding the last couple of games offensively.
2: Yeah, no question. I mean, he's he's terrific. Um, you know, we know how talented he is and what he brings to the table. You know, smooth, efficient scorer. Um, but you know, he makes everyone else better too, just by taking the focus away from other guys and other people. R.J. Cole has stepped up big time since since Booknight's been back um other guys adama Sinogo has really emerged as a uh, as an inside presence and the one thing that dan hurley will be quick to point out too is that andre jackson the freshman is is healthy too he was out for six weeks he came back a, a couple of games before um matter of fact i think his first game might have been the road problem, if i'm mistaken and even though he's not putting up big numbers he does a lot of thing little things he's an excellent passer great athlete very good defend defensive player and rebound um does a lot of little things and he's really helped them out a lot too so basically as you know the bands back together as you could say uh cook, cook who's you know dressed and could go but isn't uh did they just feel he's not ready after carrying his um achilles a little over a year ago they're pretty much healthy and uh they haven't been healthy most of the season so it's kind of a scary prospect for uh fellow biggies teams because they're looking very good right now and uh certainly book nights playing as well as anyone in the country So, so Adam,
1: this is one of those volleyball questions. I know you're a Frisbee guy, but this is a volleyball question. So I'm going to, I'm going to toss it up. So I know you're one of the few big East writers who actually saw Dan Hurley coach back in high school. I imagine you popped into a few of those prep school games down there in New Jersey. Uh, Could you have foreseen this, this quickly, three stops? I, I think it's still only within 10 or 12 years that Dan's even been a head coach and they should be in the top 25. I've been voting on the top 25 and they haven't gotten in. Um, are you surprised or you re- really could see this coming? I mean, look, there's a lot of
3: ways we could go with that, that question and, you know, we could talk forever. I mean, look, first of all, his last name is Hurley. His father is one of the three high school coaches in the Naismith Hall of Fame um, and, you know, respected on all levels of the game. Uh, he and his brother Bobby obviously grew up. They have basketball in their DNA. You know, I used to go to St. Benedict's and talk to Dan and cover those teams. And you know, it's funny he had some high school teams that probably could have beaten some mid-major, low-level college teams. I mean, mm-hmm. he had Samardo Samuels and uh, Greg Echinike and you know Zach Rosen, Tamir Jackson. Did Did he have J.R. Smith? He did coach J.R. Yeah, in uh, I think it was was that '03 maybe. J.R. was the uh, mcdonald's all-american
1: so I'm, g- I'm gonna interrupt okay we know dan hurley we know how dialed in he is he, he can freak on guys what was jr smith at 16 years old like and how did he mix with I-, I can't even imagine that scene you know i mean yeah i
3: should caveat that by saying i didn't cover those teams but i've talked to dan about it and um you know there was some talk there that was when you could still go from high school to the nba and i think jr uh you know seek sought danny's advice on you know whether he should go to college and and that whole process and i think uh you know dan told him he was he was ready to go to the nba that and uh you know other people in in jr's ear but it is it's definitely funny to think about jr smith interacting with the hurleys
1: yeah
3: um but you know i think sometimes you know wagner you have to think outside the box as an athletic director or someone making decision on hiring coaches And, you know, at the time, that was a pretty radical idea to hire a high school coach. I mean, you know, his name is Hurley, but he was a high school coach. You know, Wagner hired him. Danny called up his older brother, Bob, who was working with the horses in Florida. And, you know, Bobby came back and became an assistant coach. And now, of course, Bobby is the head coach at Arizona State. So really that decision by Wagner sort of launched, you know, two head coaching careers. And you know, I think Dan put in his time. He was at Wagner; that he did well there. Then he went to Rhode Island. He kept moving up and up and up. You know, he says UConn is his dream job. But I think I think there are other coaches like that. I mean, I don't you know I don't want to sidetrack us too much, but you know, a guy like Kevin Boyle, longtime coach at St. Pat's, he's now at Montverde. Some college, you know, maybe think about hiring him because he's an incredible coach on the floor, and he knows how to recruit and build teams, uh, just like Danny did.
1: If you need to stock up on lots of party supplies for the NCAA tournament games, head down to Haxton's Liquors on Bald Hill Road in Warwick for their great party deals. Haxton's has everything you need, all the top wines and spirits, plenty of beer, a huge selection of spiked seltzers, and all the mixers. Haxton's is always ready to serve you, so stop in and see my friends Tim and Bobby Haxton. They do an excellent job with social distancing and air filtration, in their giant store, so mask up and say hello to the Haxtons. We're thrilled that they are proud sponsors of the 401 podcast on Kevin Mac Sports. So, guys, if we go and uh, look at the Big East tournament here, we'll, we'll move on from Connecticut. I think we'll all agree that if Connecticut's not the money line favorite, uh, they they got to be really close. Uh, I saw Villanova yesterday, not in person. Providence won't let media in, so um kind do games on my couch. It's, it's actually not bad. You know, I got a nice couch works out. Okay. You know, uh, no adult beverages though, Adam, I have not allowed Your during it.
3: is not too far away.
1: It's upstairs. I see it. It's very looming. Uh, not even for Ed Cooley post game zooms, but uh, quickly after the post game zooms, no question sure. about that. Um, no Gillespie, obviously, uh, unfortunately, just a horrible injury for the, for a, a kid like that. And then Justin Moore hurt his ankle in the first half, uh, got tangled up with David Duke, and he he was out for the last 30 minutes of the game. Two questions. Uh, how important is the Big East tournament for Villanova? And I'm afraid that the uh, tournament committee could maybe lower Villanova a, a seed line or two based on these injuries. Uh, Dave, I'll let you go first.
2: Yeah, I mean, when it comes to determining uh... – to looking at you know how, how a team is presently composed um heading into the tournament that, that you know that that factors into the, seating there's no question about it it's not so much the, uh, what will it get you in of course obviously villanova's in but you know people were saying all season about book right you know book night will he um will the committee uh take into account the games he missed um that will affect their seating more so than the fact that they're they've proven they're going to be a team uh, ncaa tournament team anyway but but yeah, I think it. I think it definitely could affect their uh, their seeding, especially obviously if they uh, get bounced early in the in the Big East tournament. It's tough when you lose. Well, first of all, Gillespie is the heart and soul of that team, as we know. Um, potentially Big East Player of the Year, um, a national champion already. Huge loss, and then uh, to lose their backup point guard as well. I mean, geez, and
1: then I, I believe he returned in a in a boot. Uh, more did uh, later on okay. the game. Yeah, he, he wore a boot on the sideline. I mean, I mean, I, I, you know, I think that was just to stabilize the ankle. It's not as if he broke it or anything. But, you know, they could face, well, they faced the winner of Marquette and Georgetown in the first game. And I think we've seen in the Big East this year, you know, with the exception of some some difficult DePaul Knights, some of these other teams are, are tough outs. I mean, Villanova is not going to blow out Marquette or Georgetown without Colin Gillespie, for example.
2: Yeah, no question. I mean, and, and even DePauling, as you mentioned, they, they won at St. John's uh, recently, right? Yeah. So uh, there, there's a lot of death in town in the league. Um, yeah, it, it's wide open, um, especially now with, with the injury to Gillespie. I, I think, uh, you know, it's going to be an interesting
1: week for Villanova,
2: an interesting, interesting couple of weeks for the Wildcats.
1: Adam, really hurts the Big East as a whole. I mean, if, if there was a Final Four contender, it's, it was Villanova. I have a hard time believing that Villanova can, can do that now.
3: That's crazy. You know, you look at the numbers since the new Big East in 2013-14, Jay Wright and Villanova have won seven regular season titles and four Big East tournament titles. (laughs) Obviously, if they were fully healthy this year, they'd have as good a chance as anyone to win a fifth, you know, tournament title. It's obviously heartbreaking and just brutal. You know, all of us who know Colin and cover him and cover the league, you have to feel bad for him and for Jay. And then and then to, you know, if Justin Moore is out for an extended period, that's just brutal for them um, you know you look at the big picture it does seem set up between the injuries to Villanova and the whole Greg McDermott you know off the court situation that Creighton's going through it does seem that both of those teams are kind of you know they're reeling and it's sort of set up here for UConn to to you know maybe win the whole thing now the Creighton thing could go either way right maybe Greg McDermott comes back we don't know maybe they rally around to him if he does come back or even if he doesn't Marcus Zagorowski came out last night and uh, said, "Guys, make mistakes. He made a mistake, and he's my guy. So maybe Creighton, you know, rallies around him and makes a run. But it does sort of see that there seem like the writing's on the wall that Villanova and Creighton are stumbling into the tournament. UConn is fully healthy, um, you know, and 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 it would be some story, wouldn't it, guys? If UConn, in their first Big East tournament since 2012, I think, you yeah. know, wins the whole thing and yeah. Danny." In his first year back in the Big East, you know, wins it. So uh, there's a lot of interesting storylines.
1: Yeah, the only problem is UConn fans won't be there, which uh, I think the, the other fans around the league are probably really, really happy about that, by the way. They, 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 uh, I don't think they mind having the Huskies, but the Husky fans in the garden. I don't think Big East people are ready for that yet, but it's coming. I can guarantee you that. Yeah. Hey, uh, last thing, two things. Uh, I'm curious who your Big East player of the year pick is, and then teams to make the tournament. Uh, obviously, Villanova. Uh, Creighton and Connecticut are in I'm fearful that that's it uh, both Seton Hall and Xavier continue to lose um, if they're the last couple in on some brackets right now I'm, I'm not sure uh, I'm not ruling out anyone winning the tournament besides those top three but um, if you had to put a gun into my head right now I'd say the Big East is only going to get three teams and the player of the year is going to be Gillespie over Booknight. But, uh, Adam, I'll, I'll let you go first. Yeah,
3: I'll tell you. I mean, the Big East Player of the Year is so interesting because, like last year, Miles Powell and Marcus Howard, each won Player of the Week four times apiece. You know, it was going to be one of them or both of them. Miles ended up winning it. Um, this year, only two guys, as I've discussed with both of you, Sandro Mamoukalishvili from Seton Hall and David Duke from Providence have won Biggie's Player of the Week more than once. They so each won it twice. And other than that um, – maybe now with Champagne winning it today from St. John's, maybe he's won it twice. But other than that, it's like 10 guys have won it once and Colin Gillespie and book Knight haven't won it at all. Hmm. So it's really wide open. I think it's going to be, I think there'll be different votes for Gillespie book and Mamu. I think maybe, you know, especially with Colin's injury and the fact that everyone likes him and he's well-respected, you know, my gut is he gets it. Um, You know, Coach of the Year is also an interesting debate. I know you didn't ask about that. I think that comes down to Danny and Mike Anderson. My guess is Mike Anderson wins it now because he's won 10 Big East games after they were picked ninth. There may still be some sort of looming UConn hate out there. You know, I don't know. Um, As for the NCAA tournament, look, Seton Hall looked like they were going to be in it two weeks ago. They're reeling. They can't score. They've lost four in a row. Um, They seem out of it now unless they – go on a run in, in New York. Xavier's on the bubble. So you're right that I think our friend Mike DiCorsi said it's the first time since like the mid-90s, or it's been a long time since the Big East has only had three teams in the tournament.
2: I thought I saw on, on Lenardi's uh, bracket this morning that he's still got Xavier as one of the last four in. What do they have to do to get to get off the bubble? Yeah. I mean, geez. And Seton Hall, yeah, they they really spit the bit down the stretch here. I think it could definitely just be the three teams. Player of the year is very interesting. Um, if you ask me, and probably a lot of people, who the best player in the Big East is, I mean James Booknight, right? It, sure, it's, sure. He's the most talented player with the best NBA future. James Booknight, I think. Um, but he only played nine Big East games, and that's to me, and probably I, I would think to the coaches, probably not quite enough. He, you know, he doesn't even qualify as one of the leading scorers in the league, even though he would if he is. He's averaging twenty point nine a game um, in Big East play um a 20.6 i believe so i don't think he'll win it um you know i was on the mamu uh bandwagon up until about a, a week or two ago and he's really struggled down the stretch here i mean i think he'll be a good pro as well i think david duke will be a good pro or could be a good pro but um i think it does come down and you know marcus zagorowski by the way creighton played very well yesterday and zagorowski played probably his best game of the year i wouldn't you know the mcdermott thing yes but it didn't seem to affect him yesterday so it's going to be interesting that if, if UConn Creighton in, in that two, three semifinal game, that could almost be sort of like the, uh, you know, the, the, the biggest game of the tournament next week. It happens that way. I would think that um, that Gillespie and Robinson Earl might uh, be the two guys to look at as who get player of the year. I, I guess I would probably say Gillespie probably will win it
1: and, and you know, it's pretty deserving. Hey, okay. So last one, uh, this is good news. This is good news for Adam anyways. So the Friars play DePaul nine o'clock on Wednesday night. So that means I can't cover a game and say, Hey, Adam, you have to leave your apartment too bad. I'm going to buy you three beers because the bars close at 11 o'clock in New York city. Are they, are they changing those uh, rules for the big East tournament, Adam, or is that what we're looking at? Make sure
3: you invite Jaden Daly, by the way, or else he'll feel left out if you don't, I can't.
1: The Friars play at nine o'clock. Everything's going to be closed.
3: Yeah. Better you than me, my friend. I'm going to be asleep at 10 o'clock that night. And thank God I don't have to cover that game.
1: And if Providence were to win, I'll have to play Borges and UConn. One of us has to go home. So, you know, I mean, I would imagine, uh, Dave, if UConn were to lose to the Friars, that's it for your Big East tournament stay. And I'll be on, I'll be on Amtrak on Friday morning is what it is. I'm going to bring you guys some uh, soda pops and a couple
3: pillows and sleeping bags, and I'll leave them up at the top of the garden. And after that, after you guys are done writing at about one thirty in the morning, you can have a couple soda pops and then
1: just camp out there. Let's let's no hot dogs. Yeah, let, let, no hot dogs. And let's just say uh, my editor at Kevin Mac Sports will not require an extensive uh, rewrite. So... I'll be I'll be out a lot earlier than 1 a.m. I'll be I'll be in my hotel by 1 a.m. Did you have to go through an extensive job interview for that gig at Kevin Mac Sports or? I I did. Um, The word is, is once I showed them my Augusta background here in my office, they they were in. The guy's a huge golf fan. So that's all it took. So looks like you got a Larry Bird poster up there too well it's it's a famous photo for people who grew up in new england anyways i'm sure dave's seen it it's larry and dr Jay going at it Unfo- unfortunately my lighting isn't great so Jay's cut off in the corner a little bit but what are you gonna yeah do? they both they both kind of grab each other's throat right if i remember that correct that picture it's a good one hey guys travel safe and uh, appreciate you joining the 401 podcast on kevin max sports well that's it for this week's 401 podcast thanks as always to producer kevin collins to Dave Borges and Adam Zagoria, and to our sponsors at Manscaped and Haxton's Liquors. We are now on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and Buzzsprout. Subscribe on whatever platform you enjoy most. Shoot us a like and look for the next edition of the 401 Podcast with Kevin McNamara.
0: Thanks for listening to the 401 Podcast with Kevin McNamara. Get the 411 on the sports scene in the 401 by subscribing to the 401 podcast from
1: kevinmaxsports.com.